your attention. Do you think one on four is a dog fall? I mean to kill you in one minute, Ned. Or see you hanged in Fort Smith at Judge Parker's convenience. Which'll it be? I call that bold talk for a one-eyed fat man. Fill your hand, you son of a bitch! What is your intention, Rooster? You think one on four is a dog fall? <laughs> I mean to kill you in one minute, Ned. Or see you hang in Fort Smith at Judge Parker's convenience. Which will you have? I call that bold talk for a one-eyed fat man. <laughs> Fill your hand, you son of a bitch! Welcome to Talk With History. I'm your host, Scott, here with my wife and historian, Jen. Hello. Today's podcast is the first in a brand new series we are calling Watch With History. The Watch With History series will focus on your favorite historical films where Jen and I will review the Hollywood historic classics we all know and love, while also discussing the history behind these films, along with some interesting facts. We hope you enjoy Watch With History. Three, two, one. Here we go! Now, Jen, the first Watch With History episode is leading off with the man himself, <laughs> one of your favorites. Yes. Mr. John Wayne, and one of, one of his more popular movies. Yes. And it is, tr- it is true grit. So what we are actually doing today, we're covering today, is the 1969, I'm calling it the old true grit, Versus the 2010 new True Grit. So there's two, it was made twice. Yes. And we'll get in the detail mm-hmm. and everything else surrounding it. But let's start off with the 1969 True Grit. So okay. Says Life Magazine, True Grit is good enough for me. It's good enough for you. And if it isn't good enough for some movie company, then the free enterprise system is really going to hell. They tell me you're a man with true grit. Oh, what do you want? Speak up. I've already wrinkled the paper. It's pretty loose because your makings are too dry. I'm looking for Tom Chaney. Who's he? He's the man that shot and killed my father, Frank Ross. Says the New York Times, as touching as it is irreverently amusing. Marshal Rooster Cogburn and I are going after the murderer, Tom Cheney. How did you light on that greasy vagabond? They say he has grit. He's a notorious thumper. He's not a man I would care to share a bed with. Nor would I. And now, Paramount Pictures presents the Hal Wallace production, True Grit. John Wayne as Rooster Cogburn, the most colorful character he's ever played. If I smelled as bad as you, I wouldn't live near people. Kim Darby as Matty Ross. My God, she reminds me of me. Glenn Campbell in his first big screen role. A little earlier, I gave some thought to stealing a kiss from you, although you are very young. And you're unattractive to boot. But now I'm of a mind to give you five or six good licks with my belt. True Grit was originally a book that was written by Charles Portis in 1968, with the movie adaptation with John Wayne being released just a year later in 1969. The book is known for its humorous and colorful characters, as well as its depiction of the rugged and violent American West. Now, the original True Grit, released in 1969, was directed by Henry Hathaway, and it starred John Wayne, Kim Darby, Glenn Campbell, who we'll talk a little bit about, and actually features, featured a very young Dennis Hopper. The film was based on the novel and tells the story of a young girl, Maddie Ross, seeking revenge for her father's murder with the help of the gruff U.S. Marshal Rooster Cogburn. Along the way, they are joined by a Texas Ranger named Labeef, who's also hunting the same man for a different crime. Now, the original True Grit was a box office success, earning just over $31 million domestically in its initial release, which was a significant amount of money back in 1969. 
adjusted for inflation, that would be the equivalent of about $230 million wow. in 2023. That's a good and it actually only cost about $3 million to make back then. <laughs> yeah, you can see that. <laughs> so they did pre- it did pretty well. Yep. Now, this classic Western was nominated for four Academy Awards, including Best Picture, Best Actor for John Wayne, Best Supporting Actor for Dennis Hopper, and Best Music Score. John Wayne won the Oscar for Best Actor for his role as Rooster Cogburn, which was his first and only Academy Award win. Inside is one of the following names, all of whom have been nominated for the best performance by an actor. Peter O'Toole in Goodbye Mr. Chips, Dustin Hoffman in Midnight Cowboy, John Voight in Midnight Cowboy, Richard Burton in Anne of the Thousand Days, and John Wayne in True Grit. I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> the winner is John Wayne in Two Wow. If I'd have known that, I'd have put that patch on 35 years earlier. <laughs> so, Jen, can you... Before you tell us what you think of this movie, because we can tell that you already enjoy it just by the glow coming off of you, can you give us a little bit of the historical setting of when this movie was set? Sure. When they talk about her and her father and the West, and then when Cogburn meets the buff for the first time, they ask, what did you do in the war? Yeah, where were you in the war? That's a very significant thing at that time in the 1880s to be asking people because everyone fought in the civil war and of course he's from texas so of course he's asking what side he's on texas is a confederate state but parts of texas fought for the north so he's asking he wants to just know where his allegiance lies and they both talk about who they fought for more than what their allegiance is yes so we're in the 20 years after the civil war when the west is really being settled so the late 1870s early 1880s, yes, 1880s right around that time and it's taking place fort smith arkansas yep. so this is western expansion yeah then oklahoma i think we, we oh, so they're going to venture into oklahoma which is very indian much is. american indian territory and that is why it's so significant that rooster cogburn is a, a marshal yeah. a u.s marshal and labeef is a ranger so the law is very much getting useful at this time. They're kind of writing the law at this time. How do you govern a lawless wilderness area? Yeah, in the it seems like at this time in the more populated areas, that kind of, for lack of a better word, that civil contract mm-hmm. between the people and the law and the government is solidifying. Yes. Warned this morning, you're still sworn. Take the stand. Defense will cross-examine. Mr. Cogburn, you testified for the prosecution this morning. Now, in order to refresh our memories, allow me to summarize what you said. Now, according to your story, C.C. Wharton grabbed up a shotgun and killed Marshal Potter. Then he turned the gun on you, you say, and you shot him. Then you say, the father swung his axe and you shot him too. The defendant here tried to run, you say, and you also shot him. Just winged him or he wouldn't be here to pay up. The old man and CC hit the ground dead. How long have you been a deputy marshal, Mr. Cogburn? Four years come March. How many men have you shot in that time? The prosecution objects. All rule. How many men have you shot since you became a marshal, Mr. Cogburn? I never shot nobody. I didn't have to. That was not the question. How many? Uh, shot or killed? Oh, it's restricted to killed, so we may have a manageable figure. Well, 12 to 15, stopping men in flight and defending myself. 12 to 15? So many that you cannot keep a specific count. But there is still these just like Wild West. They're outlaws. Where, and, and that's where Rooster Cogburn, Maddie Ross, mm-hmm. she picks him because he 
I think she, I'm pretty sure she picks him and I don't think she's not, she doesn't really hide it because he's more likely to shoot the guy, to yes. kill the guy that she's after. Yeah. And go after the person. So Maddie, if you realize she's very dictated, yeah, she's very much following rule of law, lawyer. Yeah. She brings this- up her, in the original, the 1969 version, she brings up the lawyer a lot. I will not be pushed about when I'm in the right. I'll take it up with my attorney. And I will take it up with mine, Laura Daggett. And he will make money, and I will make money, and your lawyer will make money. And you, Mr. Likeson's auctioneer, you will fit the bill. You are a damn nuisance. Lawyer Daggett, Lawyer Daggett. Who is this famous pleader whose name I was happily ignorant of ten minutes ago? In the West, yes, we're trying to adhere to a territory. We're trying to adhere to a federal system where the judge has a jury and we bring people in. But... It's still very loose. Yeah. People are getting killed and interfacing. That's what Rooster Cogburn is known for, is he doesn't really bring people in as much as he just kills that's, them. So that's the court case. That's the court case. So that's the court case. And one of the things, um, and we'll just dive into kind of how we felt and what we thought of through the movie for the mm-hmm. 1969 version, but John Wayne played much more of a character to me yes. in this. He played... To me, and I've been watching a bunch of John Wayne movies recently, so that's a future Watch With This history episode coming up. But uh, he played more, a little bit more comedic role. You are a lot of trouble. Wait till I finish this hand. You can never tell what's in a Chinaman's mind. That's the way he bests you at cards. I go. Mr. Rat, I have a writ here says you're to stop eating Chen Li's cornmeal forthwith. Now, it's a rat writ, writ for a rat, and this is lawful service of the same. See? Doesn't pay any attention to me. Outside is place for shooting. I'm serving some papers. But he played that out. He was a little bit more of an out outward expressive character yes, yes this kind of drunk gruff yes western like probably an outlaw in some states and then he, now he's a u.s marshal so it's very much like you're very much skirting the letter of the law yeah and that's why rooster cobra knows what she's talking about with yeah. the lawyer and stuff but he's also laughing at her like that's yeah. great that's not gonna work here did you think <laughs> that someone's gonna care about your lawyer but that's not gonna work here and you're also dealing with a lot of other stereotypes. He lives with an Asian man, yep. which the Asian people had come over to help dig the railroad yep. and start the railroad. So it's very much these stereotypes that and he's... He, I love the cat. Yeah. Uh, he called the cat like the general. The, yeah. the, the, the general. So he's sleeping in like the back of this this Chinaman's shop. Yeah, that's also, where he lives. Like, that's where he lives in this, in this town. And he plays cards and drinks with the Chinaman. Mm-hmm. And then he calls the cat the general. And that's just what he does. He goes after bad guys and drinks. And then one of the first things she does when she gets to Fort Smith, which is like the city close to her, is as a hanging, as yeah. a public hanging. So that was interesting. And, and when I watched the 69 version, my first thought was like, oh my gosh, was that what it was really like? Was, did, so did people, if you haven't seen the 1969 version in quite some time, they, she comes into town. And she's trying to see the coroner and they're like corners out of the hanging because he's expecting three more bodies mm-hmm. it's these bodies that are about to be hung and the whole town's out there the whole town's people had come into town mm-hmm. for this hanging people selling kids, kids were peanuts. playing kids people were selling peanuts they were singing hymns mm-hmm. so is that relatively accurate of that's the time that's really really accurate that, that it's of, entertainment that surprised me and i don't know it's just because i've never really watched movies like this but that was one of the things I remember jotting that down. Was like, is that what it was really like? Mm. So I thought that was if very it was public, and you still are getting public hangings in the 1880s until prisons are really made, yeah. and when executions will happen inside a prison, it will be public until that happens. So you're getting in those in these territories, in these settled territories where they're holding court, and it is one of those th- things where. You're found guilty and you're walked outside and hanged. It's not where you have the stay of execution and you're waiting. It's none of that. It's just like you're found guilty and now you have to hang. It's very expedient because they don't have the time or the resources to hold people. Yeah, there's no giant 
federal prison mm-hmm. that stuff they're like okay you're guilty you're gonna go hang yes and so she sees that right away she sees booster cogburn testify he's very truthful yeah even in his shortcomings he's very truthful yep. he's very colorful and he entertains her and he listens to her and and he also i think recognizes who the bad guy is or right. who he might be running with. Who might be running with. It's uh, like something Pepper, Ned Pepper. Yeah, Ned Pepper. So he knows, he recognizes he's like, that oh, he's probably He probably linked up, or I think she tells him yeah. that she heard that he linked up with Ned Pepper. And he's, oh, Ned Pepper, I know that guy. And this. then he knows he'll go to Indian Territory, which he, then he knows as a marshal, you're the only one who has Authority jurisdiction yeah. over Indian Territory. So he's willing to go in there and look for him because she's paying cash. Yeah. Too, which they don't make that much money. I think it's two dollars a head per person, yeah, and, I en- and he's paying. I enjoyed. Paying I enjoyed in the original, even though her character. I think we both agree that the 2010 one, that the girl was a better actor, but the, better the, act- and younger. The 69 one, the dialogue I felt was actually good and a little bit more believable. Mm-hmm. She was very aggressive, very just like you could tell. It used to be her father running the house, and now it was her. Yeah, and you could absolutely see this 14-year-old girl running a household. all for sale except those uh, four scrubby ones and uh who do they belong to the heirs of the late frank ross i'm maddie ross and i'd like to sell you back those ponies that my father bought well i fear that is out of the question my father bought those ponies for breeding now i've looked at them and they're all geldings you cannot breed geldings Oh, that hardly concerns me. Your father bought four ponies and paid $100 for them, and there's an end of it. I want $300 for Papa's saddle horse that was stolen from your barn. You'll have to take that up with the man who stole it. Tom Cheney stole it while it was in your care. You are responsible. <laughs> I admire your sand, but I'm not liable. I will take it to the law. Well, you must do as you think best. We will see if a widow and three small children can get fair treatment in the courts of this city. She's dealing with the horse trader. She's very book smart. And she's dealing with Rooster Cogburn. Mm. She dealt with Labeef. Yeah. At the, yes. at the She's talking to the lady at the boarding house. Yeah. And so the boarding house is also very accurate. What a boarding house would look like and shacking up her grandma. Yeah. Everybody's sitting around the table. Sitting around and, the table to eat. Yeah. And you pay for the meal of yeah. the evening. So that is all accurate and well done, I think. And that's when she meets Labeef, who's Glenn Campbell who is a singer at the time. Yes, yeah, so I didn't realize that. Yeah, he's not really an actor. He's a singer, and he's a pretty well-known country singer. And they had gone after Elvis Presley, I think, yeah. when he'd read. But Elvis wanted top... Well, El- Elvis's management wanted top billing over John Wayne. And they're like, that ain't happening. So it was John Wayne who actually approached Glenn Campbell yeah. and asked him to be in it. And Glenn Campbell was like, yeah. And I like him. I think he does a fair job. I warmed up. For him, I feel like I warmed up to him Mm -hmm. eventually. And they played up in the 1969 version a little bit more of a potential, not really romantic, but like she was like initially interested, but then disgusted because he was just this Texas Ranger who was talking down to her like she was a little girl. And then later on, she actually was like trying to care for him. Yeah. But you could tell that she might may have some feelings and I think it was more just born out of the hardship that all three of them had gone through together yeah and I actually like his character I like I think Matt Damon plays him better in the 2010 version but I like that his character dies in the 1969 version yeah, a little more realistic because he dies he saves them yeah and then he dies and he really he is also I think someone who has true grit like he's showing that he doesn't he's all in and then he dies. And you get the backstory that Rooster Coburn goes back for his body, puts him in his full ranger uniform, takes him back to Texas. And Labeef's talking up about some girl, some sweetheart that he has. And Rooster says, no sweetheart ever showed up. Yeah. So there's more of that story that you get in the 1969 version than in the 2010. And I liked that too. They're filmed in different areas as well. They were. The 1969 version is filmed in Colorado. Okay. And and then the this version, the, 2010. the twenty ten is New Mexico. Okay. So you get different s- backdrops and scenery. But I know th- what's interesting about the nineteen sixty nine version, it is it comes out right after the book. Yeah. And the book's a big deal. And John Wayne loved the book. And then the person who wrote the screenplay, he loved the screenplay. Oh, okay. And he he gunned for the part. 
he wanted that part. Oh, interesting. And so when he finally did get the part, I think I told you this, he thinks one of the best scenes ever written was the one where he's up on the mountain with Maddie and they're talking about his past life. How'd you lose your eye? It was in the war. The Lone Jack, little scrap outside of Kansas City. What'd you do after the war? I robbed me a federal paymaster and went to Cairo, Illinois and bought a eating place there called a green frog, married a grass widow. Place had a billiard table. You never told me you had a wife. Oh, well, I didn't have her long. My friends was a pack of river rats and she didn't crave their society, so she up and left me and went back to her first husband who was clerking in a hardware store in Paducah. Goodbye, Reuben, she says. The love of decency does not abide in you. That's a divorced woman talking for you about decency. Well, I told her, I said, goodbye, Nola, and I hope that nail-selling bastard makes you happy this time. Did you have any children? Hmm. There was a boy, Nola taking him with her. He never liked me anyway. A clumsier child you'll never see than Horace. I bet he broke 40 cup. Never did get you for stealing that money. Well, I didn't consider it stealing. Didn't belong to you. I needed a road stake. It was like that little high interest bank in New Mexico. Needed a road stake and there it was. I never robbed no citizen taking a man's watch. It's all stealing. That's the position them New Mexicans took. I had to flee for my life. Suppose a young colt then, no horse could run him into the ground. When that posse thinned out, I, I turned old Bo around and taking them reins in my teeth, I charged them boys firing two <laughs> Navy sixes. <laughs> they must have all been married men that loved their families because they scattered and run for home. With yeah. his ex-wife yeah. and his son, Horse, you know, he talks about his shortcomings, yeah. basically. And he thinks that's a great, one of the best scenes ever written. And so you see John Wayne really making a character here. And you see the real humanization of him. Yeah. And that's one of the things, again, having watched a fair amount of John Wayne movies recently, this was the first time that I saw more backstory for his character. He's not just John Wayne with a different name <laughs> who can knock out a guy in one punch yeah. and he's like the bigger, he's taller and bigger than everybody and tougher than everybody. Like he's talking about his deficiencies, his, like you said, his shortcoming. And that's what really builds a true character in a movie like this. Yes, And I think that's, that has to be one of the reasons that, aside from everything else, the great lines and all the, some of the classic one-liners oh. that come out of it, that's one of the things I think that really put it, probably put him over the top for the mm -hmm. Oscar. And of course, he has the best scene. And he's going to have the best scene in this 1969 version and the 2010 version where it hits him against four. Yeah. And that is by far Rooster Cogburn's best scene because it shows you how brave this man is. And just, is it stupid? Is it brave? Or it's, it's his job, but he doesn't back down. Farrell, you and your brother stand clear. I got no interest in you today. Stand clear and you won't get hurt. <laughs> What's your intention? Do you think one on four is a dog fall? I mean to kill you in one minute, Ned, or see you hanged in Fort Smith at Judge Parker's convenience. Which'll it be? I call that bold talk for a one-eyed fat man. Fill your hand, you son of a bitch. Shoot them. They're too far and they're moving too fast. And the interesting part is he talks about how he had done this before, like one on seven or something like that. Yeah. And he, and he was just like, oh, yeah, those men, those men must have loved their wives because they turn around and ran. But <laughs> yeah. if you charge hard enough, they'll run away. And so then all of a sudden, at the, towards the end of the movie, 
when Katie Ross is, has been rescued, and now it's him versus Ned Pepper and the other, and his gang. The other gang map. Ned Pepper's sitting there, oh, he's sitting there all cocky, thinking Mr. Cogburn's gonna turn around and run. And he's like, what are you doing over there? He's like, I'm to kill you in about a minute. And then you see Ned Pepper just do this double take. Wait, what did he just say? Yeah. And then he just, you realize he settles in to start getting ready for a fight. And he actually insults him. He's like, oh, this pretty big talk from a fat man with one eye. Yeah. <laughs> and then he, I've actually clipped this before. He says, I think he says, fill your hands, you son of a bitch. <laughs> so it's get your guns ready. Yeah. He's like brave. And I like even before that, he tells the other people, I have no beef with you. Yeah. So if you want to leave, you should leave now. Yeah, he was just going for Ned Pepper. I'm just going for Ned Pepper. So if you want to stay, it's up to you. But I'm telling you, you can leave. Yep. And so I like that he's, it's very brave. Yeah. It's, uh, stupid brave, I don't know. But so now they all stay. So it's four against one. Yeah. And then he throws those reins His in mouth. He, he just gets going and he, and he, he charges them. <laughs> and it was, and they're watching it from up high. So the buff and Maddie are watching, is it Maddie? Yeah. yeah, they're watching from up high and LaBeouf is, has the rifle, but he's not a great shot. And they've already distinguished he's not a great shot. He likes to shoot horses out yeah. for people. He just says that like it, it, his carbine yeah. can shoot someone from 300 yards. John Wayne takes out everybody but Ned Pepper. He wings him. He wings him. And he's basically, he knows he's a goner, but Rooster Codburn's horse has been shot out from underneath him and he's landed on his leg and he can't so he's not shot but he's incapacitated he can't reach his weapon so Ned Pepper thinks it's going to be an easy kill and that's when LaBeouf is able to shoot him off the horse just as he's getting ready to shoot John Wayne just as he's getting ready to shoot John Wayne and then the bad guy with the mark on his face hits him on the head with a rock hits him on the head and, uh, and that's when Maddie falls into the it, snake pit. And the interesting thing is that in each of the movies, in, in 1969, you get Dennis Hopper. So he was actually nominated for the Best Supporting Actor. That's role. interesting because Duvall plays Ned Pepper. And Dennis Hopper's character dies earlier in the dies movie. Dies early, yeah, in he the ha- dugout. He, he has a decent sized role. He does, and very dramatic. Gets his fingers cut off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they show a lot more in the 2010 version. But the, so that that was very interesting. And even seeing Robert Duvall, I was just pleasantly mm-hmm. surprised because I wasn't expecting to see either of those those well-known actors and that was in their early days for them this was towards the later end of john wayne's career but i really enjoyed true grit i enjoyed john wayne's character i did too and one of the things that i actually wrote down and i was saving this for that another watch with history we have planned but i actually wrote down because you assume maddie says when she first hires rooster cogburn she says they tell me you're a man with true grit and i actually wrote down about halfway two-thirds of the way through the movie it's like maybe i think she's actually the one with true grit yeah and that's what they're showing nobody Mm -hmm. ever actually says that sure but that's what they're showing you here's this 14 year old girl you want to talk about someone that's got true grit she like jumps her horse in the water and swims it across the river to chase rooster cogburn and labeef and all this stuff she shoots cheney she shoots cheney Mm -hmm. and she keeps fighting back and she's bitten by the snake bitten by the snake hangs in there Mm -hmm. it was it was pretty incredible it was pretty incredible and what you get and I hope these are spoilers if no one has seen the movie so if you haven't seen it and you don't want to hear these spoilers turn this off but even at the end both movies make a point that she's respectful he's made such an impact in her life that she wants him buried in her family plot in her family plot and both movies do that yeah and I think that's significant to show that she thinks almost like the shared hardship like now he's family and she thinks of him as family. Yeah. And in the end of the 1969 version, John Wayne actually makes that jump on that horse. Trust you to buy another tall horse. Yeah. He's not as game as Bo, but Stonehill says he can jump a four rail fence. You're too old and too fat to be jumping horses. Well, come see a fat old man sometime. Yeah! Yeah! Yeah, you told me that. I, I, that's pretty impressive because I think he was like 60. And he had already had the lung surgery. So he usually had a stunt double. 
But this was his horse, and this horse was young, and it was a jumper. And they weren't sure if John Wayne was going to do it in the last scene, yeah. and he actually did. <laughs> what did you say? Come see an old fat man sometime. Yeah, yeah fat man jump over a fence sometime, and then he just goes and does, does it. it. Yeah, it was, it's such a great scene. It was, it was pretty cool. We'll move on to the 2010 mm-hmm. version here in just a second. But there's an interesting fact that I dug up. So there was actually a True Grit television show made in the late 1970s. The show was called True Grit, A Further Adventure, and it aired for one season in 1978. The show starred Warren Oates as Rooster Cogburn and followed the character as he continued to work as a U.S. Marshal and take on various cases across the American West. Now, the show is not a success, <laughs> but it was based on the same characters and storylines from the novel. And despite the popularity, it only did about 11 episodes. But a fun fact about Warren Oates, if you don't know that name, he so he played Rooster in, this, in the TV show, but he went to later on to play the role of Sergeant Hulka, the drill instructor in the 1981 Bill Murray comedy, Stripes. <laughs> so it's the same actor. That's so crazy. just a fun little, yeah. right, he was definitely a working actor. He did a lot of stuff. Sure. But I looked him up and I looked up kind of some of the more popular movies he was in. And that's one that a lot of people, including those who've seen or probably watching this, they've probably seen Bill Murray in Stripes. They pro- Oh, absolutely. So I just think it's so cool. I, we'll, we, have a, we will talk about what I think is John Wayne's best performance another time. But I do like this performance. I do think this is a performance yeah. as well. Like It does warm my heart that he didn't win an Oscar and he won it for this role. Yeah. No, it was very good. I enjoyed the 1969 version very much. Now, the 2010 True Grit. Mr. Cogburn, in your four years as U.S. Marshal, how many men have you shot? Shot or killed? Let us restrict it to killed so that we may have a manageable figure. Mr. Cogburn? What do you want, girl? I'm looking for the man who killed my father. The man's name is Tom Cheney, and I need somebody to go after him. What's your name? My name is Maddie Ross. Are you some kind of law? I'm a Texas Ranger. I know Cheney. It is at least a two-man job taking him alive. Marshal Cogburn? Can we depart this afternoon? We? I'm going with you. Congratulations, you've graduated from Marauder to Wet Nurse. You're being followed. What do we do, Marshal? You missed your shot, Cogburn. Just let this go. I thought you were going to say the sun was in your eyes. That is to say, your eye. You got a lot of experience with bounty hunters, do you? That is a silly question. I am 14. You can run on for a long time. Time for you to go home. I don't like you. I will not go back, not without Cheney, dead or alive. Sooner gotta cut you down. Cheney's here! Help me, Marshal! Now what, Cogburn? Them boys don't think about the wrath that's about to set down on it. Cheney and this gang are rough life. I do not regret shooting your father. Kill this girl! Biggest mistake you ever made. Tell them that God's gonna cut you down. Help me! I can do nothing for you, son. Is directed by the Cohen brothers. It stars Jeff Bridges, Matt Damon, and Haley Steinfeld. And Josh Brolin. And Josh Brolin. He comes in a little bit later. The movie's a remake of the 1969 film of the same name, and we even get a lot of the same iconic lines between the characters. As Maddie Ross, Rooster Cogburn, and the Texas Ranger LaBeef travel through the Indian Territory, they encounter similar obstacles and dangerous terrain. And the film culminates in the same classic showdown between Rooster Cogburn and the criminals he's pursuing. And Jeff Bridges even gives us the line that John Wayne made famous, Fill your hands, you son of a bitch, and charges straight towards the four outlaws with reins in his mouth and two guns firing away. 
Now, this movie is a tale of vengeance, justice, and the roughness of the American West and features strong performances from its cast and beautiful cinematography. I did notice that very clearly in the 2010 version. The cinematography, I just loved. Some of those scenes, I think you could just literally turn into a picture. It was gorgeous. The 2010 release of True Grit was a surprise Cohen Brothers commercial success, and it grossed over $252 million at the box office. It was nominated for 10 Academy Awards, wow. including Best Picture, Best Director for the Cohen Brothers, Best Adapted Screenplay, Best Actor for Jeff Bridges, Best Supporting Actress for Haley Steinfeld. The film also received nominations for Best Cinematography, Sound Editing, Sound Mixing, Best Costume Design, and Best Art Direction. Wow. So it, they knocked it out of the park on this one. And here's an interesting movie critics fact for you. Jeff Bridges was nominated for playing Rooster Cogburn in the role that John Wayne won his Oscar for. And it's very rare for two actors to win an Oscar for the exact same role. Sure. It, it's... I can't name any off the top of my head. You might be able to, but Joaquin Phoenix. We'd have and, to uh, we'd have to look that up. And Heath Ledger, the Joker. Go. But one year earlier, so this is the 2010 version. One year earlier in 2009, Bridges had actually just won for his first Oscar for the film Crazy Heart, which was seen at the time as like a career kind of achievement award for him. Yet many critics felt that Bridges' role as Cogburn was actually the better performance. And if not for his Oscar win a year earlier for Crazy Heart, most critics believe he would have won it for True Grit as Rooster Cogburn. So I just thought that was very interesting interesting. because Jeff Bridges is phenomenal. He does play it very well. He He plays a different Rooster Cogburn, like you said, not quite as humorous. He takes a little bit of the humor away, but he does play the same gritty nest and i think what and this was nominated for so many oscars i think westerns really set themselves up to be shot beautifully cinematically 100 percent. because you're on the raw western landscape and it's beautiful that is what draws people to the west that's what draws these cowboys and these rangers to live off the land is that beauty of the land and so if you can shoot that and shoot that it really is beautiful there was just some amazing cinematic shots Mm -hmm. one of the things that i actually noticed as i was watching the movie i watched it today (laughs) but one of the things that i noticed while i was watching the movie and i when i was doing some research online they called it out as well is a lot of some of the characters are mirror opposites so he actually wears the patch on the other eye oh it's interesting and so actually Cheney's character, right? So that was Brolin. He's his, his, his scar is on the other cheek. His like his, his powder. Uh, gunpowder. The gunpowder burn is actually on the other cheek. It's interesting. And so I think the Cohen brothers, what I read was they tried to stay a little bit more true to the book. Sure, because she loses her arm in this one. Yeah. She doesn't lose her arm in, in 1969's version. In this version, she loses her arm. And in both versions... He stays with her until she's well, but she sees him again right away in the 1969 version. In the 2010 version, she never sees him again. She gets a letter from him. She goes to visit and he's already passed. Yeah. And also the thing that was different, and I assume this must be more accurate to the book, was they actually split up from Labeef. Yes. He survived. They they get into an argument actually pretty early on before they get out to the, get into the initial shootout with some Mm -hmm. of Ned Pepper's gang. They split up. And so it's just him and Maddie. It's just Rooster and Maddie for a little while until they get to that one place where the two outlaws kind of get killed. Yeah, and the, the Pepper's gang comes mm-hmm. in late. They meet up with Labeef and then they split up again. Yes. So, he hears the gunshot. So that must says. be more accurate to the book. Whereas in the 1969 version, they basically stay together the basically, entire time. Yeah, they do. So I, I thought that was interesting. And I, Matt Damon, I liked Matt Damon as an, as an acting role. Yes. I think he did a great job. He dallied in Monroe, Louisiana, and Pine Bluff, Arkansas, before turning up at your father's place. Well, why did you not catch him in Pine Bluff, Arkansas, or Monroe, Louisiana? He is a crafty one. I thought him slow-witted myself. That was his act. It was a good one. Are you some kind of law? That's right. I'm a Texas Ranger. That may make you a big noise in that state. In Arkansas, you should mind that your Texas trappings and title do not make you an object of fun. Why have you been ineffectually pursuing Cheney? He shot and killed a state senator named Bibbs in Waco, Texas. Bibbs' family put out a reward. 
Well, how came Cheney to shoot a state senator? My understanding is there was an argument about a dog. You know anything about the whereabouts of Cheney? Well, he's in the territory, and I hold out little hope for you winning your bounty. Why is that? My men will beat you to it. I fired a deputy marshal, the toughest one they have. Annie's familiar with the Lucky Net Pepper Gang they say Cheney's tied up with. Well, I will throw in with you and your marshal. No. My Chicagoan and I are fine. It'll be to our mutual advantage. Your marshal, I presume, knows the territory. I know Cheney. It is at least a two-man job taking him alive. When Cheney is taken, he's coming back to Fort Smith to hang. I'm not having him go to Texas to hang for shooting some senator. It is not important where he hangs, is it? It is to me. Is it to you? It means a great deal of money to me. It's been many months' work. Oh, I'm sorry that you were paid piecework and not on wages, and that you have been eluded the winter long by half-wit. You give out very little sugar with your pronouncements. While I sat there watching you, I gave some thought to stealing a kiss. Though you are very young and sick and unattractive to boot. But now I have a mind to give you five or six good licks with my belt. One would be as unpleasant as the other. If you wet your comb, I might tame that cowlick. It's difference between an actor and a singer. Glenn Campbell's yeah. a singer. Yeah. He's trying to act, and he does a fair job, but... Matt Damon is an actor. Yeah, Matt, He's Matt, better. Matt Damon did a great job. And especially with, if you've ever seen these movies, if you haven't, that Maddie, what she does, especially with LaBeef, is she's very quick-witted. And so he keeps saying, oh, I was thinking about sneaking a kiss from you, but maybe instead I'll bend you over my knee and give you a switch. And she's, I think both would be just as miserable. <laughs> yeah. And he just, he's shocked. He's surprised. He's like, yeah. how does this 14-year-old girl, she just keeps giving it to him. And, very and so eventually he just gets frustrated and, and he's like, okay, I'm not dealing with this. Yeah. But So Matt Damon did a fantastic job as LaBeef. Yes. And I think the 2010 version, like I said, there is some parts of it that I think are more realistic there is a part in the dugout when the the brother is dying and jeff bridges stands over him and help me i can do nothing for you son he's helped me and he's i can do nothing for you john wayne delivers that line you're standing on my foot i can do nothing for you where jeff bridges gives you more of a sense of you're dying. Yeah. There's nothing I can do. Where I didn't really get quite that same sense from when John Wayne delivered the line. So there is so much difference with inflection sure. and how people are setting up the scene, which I found very interesting. And it's neat to see two really good actors play a very colorful character like this in different ways. Yeah. And I think that I felt like Jeff Bridges actually played a little bit more of that person that was closer to the edge of what's legal and not. Yeah, and he gets very drunk. You don't see so much of that from John Wayne, except John Wayne gets drunk and falls off the horse and well, says, we're going to I actually here. wrote down, John Wayne drank from very, he was drinking the whole time. Yes. Whereas Jeff Bridges it was about halfway through the movie before his character actually started drinking. And they also- Goes on a huge in, bender. In the 2010 version, they introduced, this must have been in the book, like some random- doctor like this wilderness mm-hmm. doctor okay. guy who's wearing like a big bur- bear fur <laughs> and the bear head you are not LaBeef my name is Forrester I practice dentistry in the nation also veterinary arts and medicine on those humans that will sit still for it. Have your work cut out for you there. Traded for him with an Indian who said he came by him honestly. I gave up two dental mirrors and a bottle of expectorant. Do either of you need medical attention? No. Very strange, very random interaction, but that that had to have been in the book. Sure. So that just really stuck out because they didn't have that in the first version at all. Yeah, I do love the dialogue. And I even love, I really appreciate Maddie's dialogue. Like you said, she is very of the time. She's using jargon of the time. She's really legalized and she's quick-witted. And she's just very, she has a response for everything. And... I think that's another thing where Ned Pepper finds her a formidable 
a foe, I guess, in a way, when he meets yeah, her. because she, she earns respect pretty yeah, quickly. She He's answers like, oh, yeah. his question. She's very forthcoming. Because Ned Pepper doesn't really care about Chaney. Chaney yeah. just joined in with yes. him. He's like, oh, yeah, you shot that guy. Yeah, he probably deserved it, right? He killed your dad. <laughs> yeah. That's okay. Yeah, I can tell you you're holding your own. Don't, don't hurt her. Yeah. And she's my, my pistol misfire. And he goes, yeah, they'll do that. So he's very, he's honest with her too. Yeah. So I found it very interesting. They still have the same guy who makes the animal sounds. Yes. Just showing you like, there's still crazy people. There's crazy. He's, <laughs> he sounds like a turkey. Too thin, rooster. Too thin. Your five minutes is running. No more talk. I don't know that heel. That was in the first movie too. <laughs> yeah, that was in the first movie too. Um, and I think he died, and I think that character died in each of them. Yeah, they so. yeah they die in that. Uh, Fill your hands, you son yeah. of a bitch. Yeah. There's other lines. John Wayne makes this the statement. Looking back is a bad habit. They don't call him Lucky Ned Pepper for nothing. That man gave his life for him. He didn't even look back. Looking back is a bad habit. So he doesn't say that in the second one. Doesn't say that in the second one. I, I didn't yeah. catch it. I was li- I was listening for one. it, but that was that's a pretty famous line. Mm-hmm. I think you have a shirt with that on it. Mm-hmm. Looking back is a bad habit. Um, I don't think Jeff Bridges had that line in there. Yeah. But uh, so it's neat. The snake bite mm-hmm. happens in both. He rides the horse to its death in both. He carries her to safety to the back to the house in both. It's a little different. Right. And then, like you said earlier, Lebeef lives in the second one, mm-hmm. in the 2010 version. So again, I assume that must be more like the book. Yes. Because Although she says she hasn't seen him. She said he'd be well into his 70s, 80s by now. I would like to have a talk with him. Yeah. So the end of the 2010 version, I actually appreciated seeing, she said it's 25 years later. I had the body removed to our plot, and I have visited it over the years. No doubt people talk about that. They say, well, she hardly knew the man. Isn't she a cranky old maid? It is true, I have not married. I never had time to fool with it. I heard nothing more of the Texas officer Labeef. If he is yet alive, I would be pleased to hear from him. I judge he would be in his 70s now, and nearer 80 than 70. I expect some of the starch has gone out of that cowlick. Time just gets away from us. But I appreciated seeing her and her tracking down, trying to track down Rooster Cogburn. Yeah, he sends her. He's basically running with the Cole Younger, kind of like a Buffalo Bill show. Yeah. They're doing a Wild West show and the Cole Younger gang from Jesse James, Frank James and the Cole Younger, they're doing a show and they're very old men. And Rooster Cogburn must have been part of their show to some degree, telling his stories. And he sends her a letter to come visit them in Memphis, which is also very cool because we used to live in Memphis. And when she gets there and she talks to, I think, Mr. Younger, he informs her that Rooster has died three, three weeks earlier. No, it was like three days. Oh, three days. I know she must have yeah. three days. Yeah. And they buried him in Jonesboro, yeah. Arkansas. And she has him dug up yeah. and brought and back to, brought her, family back to her, her family plot. But for some reason, I appreciated that ending a little bit more. It was two very different endings. Two very different endings. The first one, the ending was Rooster Cogburn jumping his horse <laughs> over a fence. And you get that sense of, oh, there he is off back off into the Wild West. Mm-hmm. And then the next one, you you actually appreciate the closure yes. a little bit. Yeah. Because that he's gonna die in some random weird alone uh, alone like his character knows that he knows that that's him talking about his ex-wife and his yeah. son who was clumsy <laughs> kept, could never stay on a horse and broke about 40 cups broke 40 cup. you know? <laughs> uh, so there were differences between the 1969 and the 2010 version that i appreciated some things that i missed yeah in the 2010 that i enjoyed in the 1969 like i said i think overall to bring this all back together i enjoyed the character of john wayne's rooster cogburn a little bit more because i liked the humor it was there was a little bit more humor in there and i just me personally i appreciated that yeah the cinematography into the 2010 version was gorgeous it's not even a comparison to me no but matt damon's character i think was a little better in second maddie ross her the actress the young lady she was amazing. She's amazing. And she's young. Yeah. Where Kim Darby is not 14 years old in the 1969 version. Okay, so which one did you like better? 
Oh, goodness. I would go with the 1969 version. Really? With the John Wayne version. I would go with that one just because I enjoyed that version of Rooster Cogburn a little bit more. Yes. And John Wayne is just so iconic in that role with the lines that he gives. And I think, the to me, hit the lines when he gives those famous one-liners, they have a little bit more oomph to a little mm-hmm. bit more, a little more of a ring. If I was going to go just from cinematography, videography, the 2010 version, hands down. Yes. But I think I enjoy the 1969 version a little bit more. Yeah, I think same thing. I enjoy the characters in the 1969 version a little bit more. As far as cinematography, wardrobe, I do like 2010. I like Ben Froster. I think a little bit more as Ned Pepper than Robert Duvall. Yeah. As well. I'm a big Ben Foster fan. And I do like how rugged he looked as compared to which they saw his teeth and everything. Which they do a really good job, I think, in later westerns to show how hard these men look living off the land like they do. Even Josh Brolin, who plays Chaney, his character, it's not a. He's a pivotal character, but he doesn't have a lot of screen time. Yes. But he plays this downbeat. Josh Brolin's a huge actor. Yeah, he's downbeat. He also seems very simple-minded as well. And the world is against him. Everyone's against him. And so it shows you again, like these maybe cognitive limitations that made people into the outlaws that they became. But yeah, I think overall, I enjoyed the 1969 version a little bit more. If you haven't seen these movies... I highly recommend both of them. Yeah. They're both very enjoyable. I do too. The John Wayne one, if you're a John Wayne fan, I'm guessing you probably clicked on this thumbnail to watch this video because you're a John Wayne or True Grit fan. So I'd be curious to hear what your guys' favorite version is, whether the 1969 version of 2010 and maybe your son on your favorite characters, why you like one over the other. Drop it in the comments below. Yeah. Are your favorite lines from the movie? Absolutely. Absolutely. I'd like to hear that too. Yeah, that'd be fun. So thank you for listening to our first ever Watch With History segment. As we've discussed, True Grit had a significant impact on our popular culture, particularly in the Western genre. It, even just the term True Grit has a little bit more meaning just because of this film. And it's been added, it's been adapted into multiple films, a television show, and I think I read somewhere even a stage play. At its core, True Grit is a story about the pursuit of justice and revenge in a lawless and dangerous world. It explores the themes of determination, perseverance, and loyalty, as well as the human desire for redemption and a sense of purpose. As viewers, we get a peek into the historical context of the American Old West, depicting a time of conflict and upheaval in the country's history. Through its portrayal of rugged landscapes, violent encounters, and the pursuit of justice, True Grit captures the spirit of the American frontier and its enduring mythology. So whether you're a fan of Westerns, John Wayne, or simply appreciate a great story, True Grit is a film that continues to captivate audiences and leave a lasting impact on us today. If you enjoyed this Watch With History segment, please reach out to us through the link in our show notes. And we, as we love hearing from you, and we would be curious to hear what movie you want us to talk about for our next Watch With History. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Thank you. I love John